Thank you for joining us on another season of Beyond Clean, a live podcast where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. Beyond Clean is a podcast that is broadcast out of our studios inside Gym Supply in Orlando, Florida. We're always looking for guests at Beyond Clean, so reach out to me, your host, David Thompson, at dthompson at academyofcleaning.com or call us at 888-999-6059. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, let's get started with today's guest on Beyond Clean. It is March the 1st, and we are back again live with you here on Podbean Live. This is another episode of Beyond Clean with Ace. We are in our fifth season, and I don't remember. This is probably show number six or seven. I'm Dave Thompson, the director of the Academy of Cleaning Excellence, and that noise you hear in the background, that's my speaker that's on here with me, Sean. Hey, good afternoon, or good, I guess it's still good morning, isn't it, Dave? How are you this morning? It is morning where we're at. It's afternoon somewhere else, but it's still early morning for some other people, so. That's right. Sounds like you got a frog in your throat this morning. Uh, Well, you know, hey, it is uh, pollen time here in Florida. You clean the car, the next morning, it's covered like you never even cleaned it other than uh, maybe, you know, the uh, wind, when you move, it'll blow it off. But uh, the pollen's sticking to everything right now. Yeah, it's pretty bad. The pine tree and the um, oak tree, I think I deal with uh, what bothers me is the oak tree pollen. Well, folks, um, you know, we've been talking for a year. And I think it was probably this episode a year ago, Sean, that you and I talked about disinfectant films and buildup on luxury vinyl floors and you know it's interesting that here we are a year later and what i am seeing with different ones now this isn't about buildup on the floor but disinfectant allergies and exposure because of overuse um you know i'm in the maintenance part you're in the materials part so here we are a year later. What's happening on the LV floors? Uh, Maintenance-wise, I still pretty much dealing with the same thing. We haven't got – I haven't noticed anything as far as – anything different as far as residue or um, from overcleaning or over leaving chemical. I haven't – we haven't had any hits on that just yet. Um, I'm still just dealing with the daily maintenance issues where the they buy a new floor and they don't want to have equipment to properly clean it. That's what I deal with still. Uh, so it really doesn't matter what's in the bucket. They're just still mopping sloppy, dirty water on the bucket on the floor again. Yeah. And telling me that I shouldn't they shouldn't have to scrub the floor. Oh, um, really? Yeah. So, so where did they get that um, that assumption, Sean? I'm not really sure. I met with an end user a couple of weeks ago, and it's an end user that has multiple locations, and they have uh, high traffic in and out, uh, especially in the morning, and then uh, and then later in the afternoon. But they have a high concentration of traffic coming in in the morning. This particular location. 
has a, a lay down walk off mat that's made of polypropylene that doesn't absorb any moisture and is more it's more about the logo that's in it than it is about what the mat does. <clears throat> and they put a uh, luxury vinyl plank in the front entranceway of the facility and then throughout the facility as well. And it was a good specification. It's a 20 mil with a 15 year warranty. It has, uh, they use two different colors in the design aspect of it, which is perfect. I like that. And um, they had recently had the, the parking lot refinished with new driveway sealer. Oh. And I was, this was a brand new location that just opened. Um, I was invited to witness it because they were having problems cleaning the floor. And when I immediately walked into the lobby, there was, you know, sand all over the floor and there was sand and soil all over the floor throughout the facility. Um, I wrote up uh, in the, the, the senior maintenance person for the building said that they had been cleaning it, although she couldn't really answer the questions of how they'd been cleaning it. And I didn't get to see any of the, I got to see the chemical uh, that they were using, which was a neutral cleaner, which is fine. And, but I didn't really get to see the mop and bucket. Um, I asked her if they were using, uh, microfiber and she said, no, they were using conventional. And I had suggested that she, they move over to microfiber and then also, uh, they need to do a construction clean on the, on the, on the space. And she said, well, the contractor, had paid someone a thousand dollars to do a construction clean, and I said, "Well, what what did they clean?" And yeah, just because they paid money doesn't mean they knew what they were doing, right? And her and I both walked it, and she saw it. You know, there's a lot of um, classrooms, so there's a lot of glass going from the hallway into the classrooms, and you can go oh. on the inside of the glass and just rub your finger. And there was dust inside the door, the window frames, and and up on the window. And I said. She agreed with me. She didn't feel like the general contractor had properly cleaned the space at all. And I knew they hadn't cleaned the floor because you could look on the glare on the floor and there was, you know, dust and dirt inside mm -hmm. the, the classrooms on the floor. And so I, I wrote up a, uh, a scope of work of what needed to happen. And I think the end users discussing it with the contractor now about what's going to happen, but they need to go through there with an auto scrubber and properly clean and scrub the floor to get the construction debris off of it. Any, some glue residue <clears throat> that was left. And what happened is my email got forwarded from the end user to the GC and then the GC sent it to the subcontractor who installed the floor. And the subcontractor calls me all upset. Why are you sending letters about the flooring? I said, did you read the email? He goes, well, no, I haven't read it completely yet. I just heard what the GC said. I said, well, the, I haven't read it, but I want to complain about it. Yeah. I'm like, the, the, I said, the letter had nothing to do with the installation. That's what you're responsible for. Is that correct? He goes, yeah, well, that's all we, I said, were you responsible for, for cleaning the floor after you installed it? And he said, no. I said, well, then there's, you and I don't have a discussion because I said, if you'll read the letter, you'll find that I, your company wasn't mentioned. There was nothing about installation mentioned. The only problems are about cleaning the floor. And I said, that has to do with the general contractor turning the building over to the owner and then the owner taking responsibility after that. So it's just funny how everything 
uh, rolls downhill, and the general contractor never wants to take responsibility for anything. <laughs> no, no. So, no. They, um, they, at they, this they, point, yeah. They, they've never done anything wrong. They do everything right. They know everything, though. Right. And they don't. And anytime there's something does go wrong, they want to shuck it off on one of their subcontractors or somebody right. else, anybody else to pay for it. So I, I we're moving forward with other locations. I just I, you know, I the owner doesn't the person I spoke to at the owner doesn't want to purchase the necessary equipment to um clean the floor properly so i'm not sure where we'll go from there well and sean we've talked about this multiple times on this podcast um that you can't do luxury vinyl plank floors with mops now if it's tile and it's smooth that is something we can discuss but you know the plank floors that are being installed more and more I'm seeing are having more and more texture to them, which of course, then the sand you talked about, is just a magnet for it and a mop doesn't pick up. Right. And in this installation, the planks are running perpendicular to the direction of the hall. Uh-huh. So, you know, you're running a mop back and forth in a three foot wide hallway. And and you and you know you know and everybody should know by the time that this if, if anybody's listening to this podcast that you know the mop is simply a device to move dirt around, not to pick it up, and not to definitely move it out of those uh, grooves that are uh, in the texture of plank floors. So you know as you as you go through this, folks, you got to hear what Sean and I are talking about, and you can't change the material to a textured type of material and not expect to change the tools that we do it. Why is it everybody just wants to look at the product, the chemical? Well, I mean, that's, that was one of the thing I asked her, Oscar, what, what's the dwell time you're allowing the chemical to work on the floor? And she goes, well, there's, we got to get the floor mopped and dry before, you know, cause there's going to be people walking on it. I'm like, well, there's times when there's people not here, you may need to consider cleaning the floor at night when there's no one here. So you can allow for, you know, five to 10 minutes of dwell time for on a floor that is dirty to allow the chemical to even work. So it can well, and thus is the, reason, the soil up in solution. But then Sean, that thus is the reason you use an automatic scrubber cylindrical with squeegees right. so that you, you don't have that time. And to her point, you know, a, a cylindrical auto scrubber used on that floor dries it within seconds. So it's going to be even seconds. better as far as safety and slip resistance than mop. Right. But they, you know, they've got a, a floor that has a 15 year warranty and they're not willing to spend three or $4,000 on a machine that they could use every day that would save them money in the long term. How, how big of an area is this, Sean? This particular location is probably 10,000 square feet. Yeah. And, and this is, this is it. So during, during this time they're, they're breaking down and they've already started eroding the surface protector. That's already, you know, the, the coating that's put on there by you guys, you know, the, the wear layers, if you will. So that sand is already tearing it up. Right. <clears throat> so I, I mean, my only recommendation, I gave her the exact recommendations of what she needed to do. 
or what the, the space needed to do and told them I would be happy to come back and do an in-service with whoever they hired to do the cleaning uh, to start with. And then I would be happy to come back and work with the employee because what it boils down to is it's the person when I actually got her down to describing who was going to take care of it. It was the, the lady that sits at the front desk. Oh my. That accepts the people coming in and checks people in when she has time, she mops the floor. So that's who their main, that's their maintenance program. For 10,000 square feet of a 15 year luxury vinyl. Exactly. My, my, my challenges so, that you and I have, right? Yeah. I mean, that was, that was one call. And then another call last week, I went to a. Oh, you had two of major, them. Huh? Oh yeah. I had a major <laughs> hospital in, uh, over in Pensacola, Florida. And we, I went and visited it with a counterpart of mine. We're hoping to do the work in the new hospital that's coming up over there. And we had done a mock-up and I was, told that I was going to be meeting with a facility director when I went over there to, to review the quality of our product versus my competitors. And when I got there, I was introduced to the gentleman who runs the contract company who does a lot of hot, they, they do a lot of hospitals. You may know the company. It starts with an S ends with an O, but um, they, they do a lot of hospital work and that's who they had me meet with to uh, actually review my floor. It wasn't a person who from the hospital who's going to buy the material. It was the company that they had contracted to clean the floor who cleans everything in the hospital. They do a complete janitorial contract from paper towels in the bathrooms to, you know, cleaning the floors to sanitize and everything. And it's just frustrating when you're not really meeting with the people that you need to in order to, to make a decision. On uh, so, so you had both ends of the spectrum in these two deals, you know, one, you haven't right. got anybody to do any maintenance. And the other is you can't talk to the, the people that make a decision about how the maintenance should be done. No, because the company that I, the per people that I was talking to, they, they look at a, they look at a building square footage wise and some of this is assumptions on my part, but they look at, uh, you know, a 600,000 square foot hospital and they estimate how many people they believe that would take to clean that hospital from top to bottom on a, a weekly and a daily basis, as well as an annual basis. And then they give a quote and then the hospital looks at it as well. If I needed that many people and I had to pay insurance on them and I had to, have them as employees and risk versus, you know, cost analysis. And they end up negotiating. And this company comes in and does it for less money overall on an annual basis than what the hospital could perform that same service um, for. And I hear facility uh, directors and facility designers complaining on a daily basis about companies like this that, they do it on, they bid the job and then they can't do the job for what they bid it for. And they end up cutting corners. And typically where they do cut corners is on the floor because right well, now going back, not to cut you off, but go back to what your conversation was to start with was uh, we've been told for COVID, we have to do all these A, B, C, and D and that's what's getting done. And the other stuff, the daily stuff is getting left behind. Well, and this is the balancing act that all 
facilities have, whether it's contract right. or in-house. Uh, this is a challenge that everybody has. Um, the perception issue of what are we doing to make everybody feel good. Um, and this is what you're getting into, Sean, right now, is you, we have this big disparity of um, issues of people actually going overboard in some areas, not doing enough in others, and not realizing that some things like the floors are still important. Um, and this is where I think that in 21 here, we're going to see a lot more balance that's going to have to come through because right. these issues won't, they, they, you can't continue to avoid issues. Like you said here with all of these floors, with all of this stuff on the floor, we got to get back to cleaning. And I think this is where we have to look at automation. We have to look, and I say automation uh, only at the level of, instead of using a mop, using auto scrubbers. I mean, here at, at some of our classes, you know, with the academy, we talk about a 12-inch electric auto scrubber that's the size of an upright vacuum cleaner. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, roughly fifteen hundred dollars. You know, you don't have to. And the, and like for this person that you mentioned, you know, that has a little bit of time at the reception desk, you know, it would be a perfect unit for her to use in that situation. You know, quick grab and go, do it. I think this is where you're seeing a lot of people are now starting to realize there's changes that need to be made. However, there's still people that are stuck. Right. Yeah. I mean, what you would spend, if you're saying a unit like that's $1,500, um, I mean, what do you, a, a, a really good, if you were using it, a really good <clears throat> two stage bucket with the, uh, a mop that you, a microfiber mop like you demonstrate, uh, you know, what are you, you into that for probably what, 500 bucks? Yeah, there you go. I mean, we're so, only talking generalities here. So, I mean, you know, folks, we're, yeah. we're not being particular, but I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, there goes that frog again. Yep. Uh, you know, the, 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 this is the whole thing, you know, we're, we're been looking at these, $100 mops and mop buckets that we've been using, but we've changed the product. We've, you know, uh, is, it, we just we just have to, to learn. This is why we built the, the new course with your help, you know, for our uh, luxury vinyl course to talk through these things, which would be a prime thing for both of these customers to have to go through if they went through it. They'd learn a whole right. lot. Yeah, exactly. And my point before was if you're spending you're gonna spend five hundred dollars on a the, the proper mop and bucket and chemical then put another thousand with it and then you got a machine that it's less work for the employee well the results is the biggest difference i mean you know you you just can't beat the results and and to the point that they have to get the floor dry within a certain amount of time there's nothing that gets the floor safer than an auto scrubber Right. Especially on the luxury vinyl plank. You know, now we, we, we always hear on this podcast, are always talking about the difference. You know, just because it's luxury vinyl, plank and tile are different. And so the grooves in, the, in that plank is one of the biggest things that people just don't recognize that it, it's not a smooth floor like the VCT they're used to. No, it's not. And it doesn't have a... a 
secondary finish applied to it because that's that's the third issue that I'm dealing with right now. Um, that seems to be LVT is going and, and you and I've discussed it before, but LVT is going everywhere. So uh, the scratches uh, and the marring is what I'm dealing with um, constantly, constantly. And I've, I've got a company, Expanded Technologies, that I work with. And I'll met, mention Brett. I mean, Brett Bushy is the name of the gentleman who's over sales for them. And that company is phenomenal with all the different types of uh, coverings that they have for the different shoot. The Brett and I've been working it. together for years. I've used his product yeah. in multiple locations. Back when I was in Missouri, we, I mean, we had multiple locations. That's right. Before. You know him. Yeah, before LV became popular, we were using it on VCT, which is still there, and, and you can still right. use. But that's where we proved the point of protecting the floor finish that we put on the floor. And here you're talking about a, a, this wear layer that, that you, the factory, puts on there. I mean, day one, when people start walking in with sand on their feet, they're, they're grinding this away, and they need to be understanding that if they're – especially if they're still using a mop, they've got to put these protectors on all different types of devices that are on the floor. Right. I've had, I had one last week. There was a church. It was a multi-use room and she bought, you know, a bunch of chairs. They had a wedding reception come in. All the chairs had metal bottoms on them and it's, crash the floor you know and i don't know i haven't seen that i introduced her to brett and i think she's ordered the coverings for the chairs but uh you know am i going to have to go in there and talk to her about you know trying to restore that floor or is it just well that you know i was just going to um, say that's what we teach in our class you know for luxury vinyl you know how to repair once the damage is done because this is exactly what people are doing out there you know sean they're they're not paying attention to, I've got a new floor, I've got a new surface. They just think it's low maintenance. I don't have to do anything. Uh, where people get this idea, I don't know. Well, they, you know, you, you think about VCT. Most of the VCT colors, with the exception of a few floors here and there, for the most part, it was all light-colored floors. You know, sandy beiges, grays, that kind of thing. Just light. It was all light-colored floors. And then you put a clear finish on the top of it. And when you do that and you scratch it, you really can't see it. You know, you really don't notice it as much. And then, you know, two months into it, when the floor starts looking a little dull, somebody says, hey, call such and such and let's get over here and strip and put new finish on this floor. So they come in and they apply a layer of stripper and they lay some new finish on it. And it looks beautiful and they start the process over. Well, now what they've done is they've typically gone to a darker floor that's a, gr- a darker gray or maybe a wood tone and um it doesn't have uh it's going to show a mark a lot quicker uh than what a lighter colored floor does and so then they scratch the floor and they think that they they just started doing it well it, it's never just started doing it it was scratching <laughs> the other floor they had you know, but they yeah, just you know, the light color. The light color floor, the scratches disappeared. The dark color floor magnifies, and therein yeah, yeah. is the issue they don't understand. 
Right. So they've been scratching the floor the whole time. They just didn't realize it. And they were getting a new finish put on the floor if it was done properly every, you know, three months quarterly or something. But um, now you're not getting that. So we have to completely, you know, retrain them. And it, it it's with anything in life. It could be, you know, the right type of tire on your vehicle to where you're driving, or it could be the, you know, the, you know, what kind of raincoat you wear or what kind of coat you wear to protect yourself from what kind of weather you're going to be walking in. It, it just applies. It just seems like in the flooring industry, it's hard for people to put those two things together. <laughs> you know, that, that's interesting because, you know, you and I, and I appreciate your help when we uh, got the new classes, uh, the floor for our new classes over in Tampa set up. And, um, you know, we chose to put a, plank floor in that had very deep grooves to show students the difference you know in that and then in the front entryway we put in the tiles which look like stone but are smooth um and we went with the lighter gray and kind of a darker blue for the reasons mm -hmm. that you just mentioned because in class we want people to see that and i think this is why we built this special course folks for luxury vinyl flooring is because uh, we have one of our sales managers go into a building and there was only two types of floor in the whole building, polished concrete and luxury vinyl. Wow. No VCT, no ceramic, no porcelain. And so it's like, this is the way things are changing for lower maintenance floors. But on both of those floors, you're not going to continue doing the same old thing you were doing. Those are those are different maintenance procedures than we were with, as you said, the old strip and finish uh, mentality. Well, I've got I've got a church I'm looking at right now that had put. We just completed the entire classroom building and all of the fellowship hall area with a luxury vinyl plank or tile. It was a plank format but it was actually a tile look. It wasn't a wood look. Okay. So we fit, we did, it was a large project. It was over in Daytona. Everything went well. They And they actually loved the LVT. They just, they fell into the maintenance part of it. They're actually following the guidelines. They like the way it's cleaning. They love it. And they had done, when they built the church, they decided to do polished concrete in the sanctuary. Cool. Because they use the sanctuary for, multiple different things. They have movable chairs. It's one of these more modern churches and they um, have just came back to me last week and said, how do we install LVT <clears throat> over polished concrete? Why? Like, <laughs> they don't like the, I, I don't, I haven't seen it. So I don't know what the, if how much aggregate may or may not be in the finish. So they're having a hard time taking care of it and cleaning it. So uh, they want to put LVT in the sanctuary, which I don't want to do because they've got all those chairs in there. Well, yeah, they're going to have, now, well, unless they cover all of them, now you got a nightmare right. there, but you right. know, polished concrete, if it was actually polished right and they know how to maintain it, this should be almost easier to clean than the LV. It should be, yeah, and, and you could be, it's a lot more forgiving as far as, you know, if you make a mistake, you put too much water on it or you put too much chemical on it, it's, you know, it's 
it's a lot more forgiving than what LVT is. So <clears throat> I don't know. I don't. Uh, that's where I'm at with it right now. I mean, I sell LVT, so so do, do so. Do they have a, a an outside contractor? Is it in house? Uh, I can't answer that. I don't know what they're doing in house, if it's in house or whatever, but I know that they're happy <clears throat> without everything's going with the LVT. Well, I know that you're 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 there to sell uh, LV products, but uh, hey, uh, you know if we need to help them, uh, we've got a polished concrete class coming up pretty soon. Maybe they need to send somebody down and attend the class. Yeah, exactly. That might that's a great idea. And folks, that's this is why idea. here at the academy we have all kinds of different courses on different things. So. As Sean and I working with different people in the, in the environments, we come up with different uh, issues. You know, then our job here at the academy is to have classes that go to that. Now, I know this isn't quite in what you and I talk about every every time, Sean. But mm -hmm. as a result of all of this, we just put out a new class on post construction cleanup of VCT. Because back to the post-construction cleanup that you mentioned a little bit ago, yep. in that we actually took our Kyvac, which is a part of one of the machines that we use in our classes, and we sprayed all of the windows on the inside to get that dust off of there that you mentioned, okay? Yep. So we used the Kyvac to rinse all the windows, squeegee them off, and wipe down the uh, aluminum rail, you know, uh, sills and stuff mm -hmm. you know, before mm -hmm. and as we were doing the vct and and showed all of that and so folks it's a new class we put out because people have been asking and the issue that you just mentioned people are trying to go in and clean this stuff with the old tools they had a spray bottle and a rag and it's just not doing it yeah terry cloth rag and spray bottle yeah and 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 this is why you're getting those results that you have so this is why we have classes uh, and all of these different subject matters. Now, that particular class is just a mini, what we call a mini course, a very short suite. It's all narrated with video. Um, not all of our courses are. I do want to take a moment here, Sean, uh, to let everybody know that we are sponsored and powered by Jim Supply. They've been providing cleaning supplies since 1930 here in Central Florida. And our office, our education classrooms and studio are housed inside the gym supply and we keep talking here on the podcast about tampa where we've got down five different types of flooring uh for these classes because sean dirt comes in on floors and then it goes into the air so if everybody's concerned about what's in the air they should be taking care of the floors better well yeah that goes back to some of those things that we talked about before and i've often talk to my clients about hard surface versus soft surface and how much dust particulates go in the air and how high they go, depending on what type of floor you have. And, um, it's, it's, there's all these kinds of things that we can talk about if, if the, if they want to get into the weeds on what really makes a clean space. So is LV still taking over carpet? By leaps and bounds, everywhere. They're putting it everywhere. And yet we don't want to change our habits. Correct. Well, I've so even it, got clients, I've, I've even got clients that, that, well, I wish I'd have just kept carpet because carpet was so much easier to maintain than what this LVT is or LVP is. And I'm like, well, 
Yeah, because you didn't clean the carpet. You just let everything go in and it just filled up one day and you're like, oh, it got dirty. So let me replace it with LVT. It'll be easier. Well, there's nowhere for the dirt to go, you know, on the LVT. Yeah. One of those mentalities, ignore it and it goes away. Yeah. I mean, I, it's it's like what, <clears throat> you know, me mowing the grass in a, a white T-shirt and then next weekend, putting that t-shirt on and expecting it to be clean and smelling clean to mow the grass again. And you, you don't wash it in between. And that's, that's a lot of times what happens with carpet, as you well know. So uh, speaking of carpet, is the squares gone or are, are the tiles or carpet tiles or squares, whichever way you want to say it, uh, is that when you talk about carpet, is that, taking over from Broadloom or all we talk about now is carpet tile, uh, different. Really? Yeah. The average, the sizes are, uh, changing. There's 24 by 24, uh, 18 by 36, 36 by 36. Uh, one of my competitors makes a 19 inch square, which is 50 centimeter square tile. They also make some, six and nine inch planks. So there's all different size planks, tiles and that are available and the patterns for the tiles are getting a lot more. So we're going, we're going to all uh, modular flooring materials. Yeah, exactly. Cause we've, we've got, now we have this new design system that if they send me a CAD drawing, uh, I can take and plug our carpet tiles into that CAD drawing and actually show them in a 3D rendering. So we have designers doing a lot more creative uh, patterns on the floors uh, than what you would have had in the past, where it might have been one carpet tile throughout, maybe a border, if you were lucky in the conference room. Now you're seeing, um, you know, wayfinding, uh, used in carpet tiles, you're seeing uh, different departments outlined by different colors or different patterns. I had one job at FSU a while back where they used the same collection of products, which had four products in it, all the same color, but the entire floor, there was four different carpet tiles, you know, used throughout the space. So there was just a complete random pattern created <clears throat> by using the same color in four different patterns. So there's so much more creativity available to you by using modular flooring systems. So as you say, you, you can plug this in for carpet. I'm assuming you can do the same thing for VC or for the LV. Sure. Oh yeah, definitely. We can, we can uh, plug in, uh, different patterns. We've, we've actually at Mannington, we've actually got actual wayfinding tiles now that you can buy individually that are made out of LVT. <coughs> Excuse me. So you can actually, you know, you can have the word social distancing on it. You can have, um, we've got one that says, please wait. We've got, you can pretty much put anything you want to on the tile and choose the color and we'll sell them individually. So we've got that new, so this leads me to to the inevitable question here in 21 as we're you know getting ready to start our third third month of the of the year first quarter gone almost business is different um options are different the work from home you know we're seeing a lot more of this is it now 
the thing of the future. Business as we know it will not return. Business will be different. Or has, is it already? Business is already different. I mean, the corporate side of the business, you know, I noticed I, it was last week I was coming over the new flyover that they built on the JTB Expressway um, in Jacksonville from 95. I was coming from JTB, come headed west, coming back from the east and was flying over to go on to 95 north. And I was just noticed right there in that little pocket, there's a ton of corporate buildings, bank, you know, used to be bank headquarters and different things like that. And the parking lots are empty. Instead of being completely full all the way out to the outside edge of the parking lot, there may be, you know, there's maybe 50 cars in the parking lot kind of clustered up around closer to the door. And that's it. So the corporate side of the business Companies are trying to decide what they're going to do with this virtual uh, reality that we already had that we weren't using the video yard companies and the Zoom companies and Teams, Microsoft Teams. People have realized that they can actually conduct their meetings and everything that needs to be done from people working from home. So they don't have to rent that, you know, 10,000 square foot space and have all those uh call call center people sitting there all together when they can do that. Even Mannington, we're doing that. We've got a lot of our customer service people are um, at home now. So they're working remotely. We, we got them a computer and a server or not a server, but a computer and a large monitor that they can use at their home. And they've all set up and they take orders for Mannington at, at their home. So the corporate side of the business has completely changed. Um, now, on the other sides of the business, the education, they've redesigned some spaces on how they're, they're going to market. Education's still going. Uh, healthcare is extremely busy this year. Uh, new hospitals being built, new uh, additions, all kinds of stuff going on in healthcare. I mean, this is going to be a tremendous year for healthcare. Uh, well, we also have an aging society, and healthcare is predominantly going to be. W- moving continually forward uh, i know that yeah i mean yeah i was just going to continue with that the, the, what i was going to say was the projects that i'm working on in healthcare they weren't designed because of covid they right. were they were designed 5 and 6 years ago budgets were approved 2 years ago right and now construction is going to start this year so th- these projects have been on the books for a long time and as you said, with the aging society and everything moving forward, uh, healthcare is just where it's at right now. And the healthcare market's changing. The, the core hospital is doing only acute care, so you don't you don't go to the doctor's office at the hospital anymore. Like you know, you may have or I may have when I was younger. You go to your local community. So in a lot of these rural communities, like Gainesville, Florida, will have the acute care hospital, you know, the North Florida regional or whatever hospital that you want to go to or Shands. And then out in the communities, you know, in Chiefland, Florida and Trenton, Florida, and um, some of these communities cross city, they're going to have these, you know, centers where they, you go to the doctor and that's going to be where you go get your orthopedic therapy or you go get your therapy after your heart attack or whatever. 
in 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 the outline areas. So healthcare has changed because that's created and that's created more buildings also. Well, we uh, we took a little trip uh, this past weekend down to Vero Beach and and uh, that area, looking at, at a vacation place for later this year. And right. you know, you you actually could see these groupings in these small communities of every type of medical. Um, I want to say venue. It's it's like uh, you, you know, it used to be the foot. Uh, what uh, th- throat, foot, and doctor? Now every mm-hmm. single thing has got a different doctor and different building for it. Yeah, the specialties. Yeah, it's specialty centers. Yeah, right. And 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 that's to your point. And uh, you know, these people are you know some of these people are the first time getting into this, and they're going to have these flooring issues. And so uh, you know, I, I agree with you. That and industry are going to change. Um, I, I think we're going to see a lot more smaller places and not these great big massive places that we used to. Now, that's just my feeling. Um, and, and yeah, we'll, we'll I think yeah, that it's definitely that's what we saw. I, I was part of a, a healthcare discussion group probably about eight years ago now with another company that I worked for and they predicted this, that you're going to have these pods, small groups of specialized orthopedics, heart doctors, you know, all out in the community. And then your core acute care hospitals in the larger city centers. And that's how things are going to be. Uh, yeah. I mean, I had uh, a situation on my eyelid and I went to, I didn't go to the hospital. I went to my, um, eye doctor and they took care of everything and I was in there two or three different times and you know but they're specially just for that I didn't go to my family practice person right so um, I guess that you know, we kind of talked through most everything that's been on the agenda I know we talked the last time about maintenance of floors I think we covered that pretty much today again Anything else on the agenda for the first day of March? Uh, no, just trying to get material out. The weather uh, really affected some of our adhesive manufacturers are in Texas, so the weather's kind of affected us getting um, some adhesive, um, some of our pre-applied adhesive that we apply at the manufacturer's level is also um been affected so getting some materials out uh seems like everybody's in a rush to get projects done and just having some delays on that kind of thing but that's what i'm dealing with this week to start with anyway it's always something in the world of sales isn't it oh exactly if it's not yeah sometimes even sometimes claim i had a claim last week where i had to go to a hospital and we had manufactured some material with the micro bevel was not exactly perfect on every tile so we have to. We're going to have to remanufacture it. But that's the wonderful world we live in. Uh, you know, if it wasn't for all these things, what would you and I do? Well, it keeps me in a job. Sometimes a sometimes a claim will will get you more business. Sometimes it doesn't. For the most part, sometimes however you address a problem can get you more business. So um, I try to jump right in the middle of. Attack well, you, you don't. Uh, you, know, you don't solve anything by avoidance. 
No, that's that's for sure. You do not solve anything by avoiding it. So, folks, we appreciate your time today uh, listening to Sean and I just kind of banter back and forth and talk about the, the issues that we, we have. Um, Sean, how can they get hold of you if they like what they've heard? My number is 352-630-9884, or I can be reached at sean.devore at mannington.com, S-E-A-N dot D-E, B as in Victor, O-R-E, at mannington.com. And folks, we are the Academy of Cleaning Excellence. As we said, we are sponsored by Jim Supply in Central Florida, where they've been providing cleaning supplies since 1930. The Academy is found at www.academyofcleaning.com. We have a very robust online campus for those people that need to uh, get their education at 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and uh, <laughs> for those that want to attend a live class, we are still doing live classes, believe it or not. What we mean by that is there's two different ways you can attend a live class. The conventional method of in the classroom with your hands on the equipment. And if that's not good for you, then most of our classes are also streamed through remote learning. So go to the academyofcleaning.com. You can find any one of the three options. I'm sure we've got a class for you. And if we don't, please contact me, Dave Thompson at academyofcleaning.com. And we'll talk about how to get you into some professional development. Sean, good to talk to you again. Let's see what happens next month. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I wanted to digress for just a quick second. That uh, machine you mentioned, I looked on your website. Is that the Saber Blade 12 Upright Micro Scrubber? Well, that's one of them. Uh, there's a, another one that we use in the Academy classroom uh, from Clark, uh, the uh, MH12. It's okay. uh, There's a, a number of different manufacturers that have different ones. I try to be product agnostic with it all, Sean, but uh, sure. yeah. Yeah, the, the, I, I think this is the one thing that people think is auto scrubbers only come in these great big battery-powered machines, and they don't. So this is one of the reasons why we use that little 12-inch. Anybody and everybody can use it. Even in the newest video that I just put out I talked to you about, I used it to pick mm -hmm. up the slurry after uh, scrubbing the floor. Um, I mean, you can get that's 12-inch. There's a 16-inch electric. I think the big thing, Sean, we always talk about is use cylindrical technology. This is yeah. another thing that people just do not, they, they're still in that conventional thing of a rotary machine with an old mop. Yep. Well, that's what but, I want to, I'm going to pass your name and uh, some equipment information onto that client. So hopefully they, they'll reach out. Cool. We'd be glad to help them out. So, folks, till we talk with you again next time on another podcast here on Podbean Live, make sure that whatever you do, you keep it healthy, positive, and proactive. See you next month, Sean. Thanks, Dave. See you then. Bye-bye.